ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Musician's Mentor Podcast. I'm your host, Travis Mark, and today I am speaking with drum royalty, the one and only Johnny Vidokovic. Johnny is a household name here in Louisiana. And I've got to be honest, I had heard the name before I got here, but once I moved here, it was a whole different beast. Couldn't go anywhere, especially if you were talking about drums and not hear his name come up. Besides working as an educator, Johnny has played with a massive list of names. Professor Longhair, John Schofield, John Cleary, James Singleton, The Ashreel Project, goes on and on and on and let me tell you if you see this guy live you're in for a real treat he's just got some kind of natural ability that's just so organic and cool to watch that like it's a gift as usual i've put a few links in the show notes where you can um sort of look up more of johnny or even get in touch with johnny but for now let me quit my blabbering Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only, the legendary, Mr. Johnny Vidokovic. Hello, Travis. Hey, Johnny. How's it going? Excellent, man. How about you? Good, good, good. Um, How was your gig last night? Any good? It was fun, man. We had a whole lot of fun. Good, good. It was really good. Johnny, just so you're aware... Um, I'm already recording, so I'm not going to waste your time. We're going to jump straight into it. Um, as I mentioned to you on our previous phone call, I've got a couple things prepared, but basically okay. we'll see where the conversation goes and, and where it goes, it goes, you know? Lovely. That's perfect. Cool. So um, what I typically do with everybody, obviously post-interview, I will record a sort of pre-intro before the interview starts, as well as a post outro um but basically i i always ask everybody to just do a brief introduction let our listeners know who you are a few of the things you've done and what you're currently up to please okay um i'm john vadakovich and i was born in, here in new orleans and i'm still living here uh, i've been playing music uh, pretty much all my life i'm 73 years old and I've been playing. I've been playing since I'm, you know, eight or nine, ten years old. I started playing gigs uh, with a traditional music, uh, you know, trad music style band uh, of kids when I was about twelve, thirteen. My mom got me a little set of drums, you know, and I started taking music lessons with a man named Charlie Sewer. Charlie Sewell was my first teacher, taught me everything. And then and through the decades, I played, you know, just, you know, constantly growing, you know, from being a 12-year-old kid learning, you know, way down yonder in New Orleans. And then before you know it, you're playing some James Brown. And before you know it, you're playing some, some, some Charlie Parker stuff. And before you know it, you're playing some more soul and some more funk. And then before, you know, the decades just go on and on and on. 
So I've I've been fortunate enough to be uh, well equipped as a as a youngster in terms of of, of my studies with Charlie Sewer and and my experiences with playing all the different kind of gigs that were get that were handed to me to play that I was given the opportunity to play. So I just blah, blah, blah. And here I am. And here we are. And, you know, also in addition to that, I did a whole lot of teaching, you know, uh, throughout adjunct teaching, you know, throughout the years here and there, here and there. Yeah. So, so I mean, you yourself, that's you, about it. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Carry on. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, your name is synonymous with New Orleans drumming in general. And I mean, you've got books and and educational sort of content out there teaching about New Orleans type styles, but obviously you are an all-rounder. Having gigged as long as you have, I mean, when when would you say you had your first professional gig? Obviously, you started very young, but what, what sort of age, what sort of decade would you put that down to? Well, the level of professional it would would it be? You know, does professional constitute the fact that you that you got paid money? Yeah, let's say let's say your first then, paying uh, then, gig. Then then you know, I guess I was thirteen, twelve, thirteen years old. So that would have been I don't know around nineteen sixty one or two. Wow, that's amazing. So I mean, obviously having still. Being a gigging musician, I mean, we started the conversation by saying you gigged last night at the Maple Leaf. What's what's the biggest changes? And obviously there's numerous, but for you personally, what are the biggest changes you've seen on the gigging scene? Hmm. I'd say the biggest changes were probably, uh, yeah, it, it, there's, there's, there's two ways to look at it, organically and then, of course, through time, technology, and people. I think uh, the biggest changes were uh, 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 the, the, uh, the music business, or what I refer to as the music racket. I think, you know, uh, that uh, uh, obviously uh, took on more power, and that directed a lot more uh, of uh pop music and uh, large people music, it, dep- it, it directed them more into the businessman's lap. So that, that that's unfortunate. It's the unfortunate thing there. The good thing is that a lot more musicians uh, 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 learned to, uh, uh, you know, uh, become grow uh through through this advancement of uh, of knowledge between people they figured out what not to do to that was important to a lot of young a lot a lot a lot of changes happened when a lot of young people started figuring out what not to do you know i did not that's across the board that goes from everything from what not to play from or in for in addition to what not to say (laughs) (laughs) and to watch your pay yeah because that you know by that time you know young cats were getting hip to the fact that it was very common it's a very common practice for musicians to get 
the wrong pay because they did not know how to negotiate more. So one of the biggest changes in the music uh, overall business uh, picture is the fact that young people became smarter about 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 the ripoff in the in the music racket. So I think that they uh, it still is a lot of racket rip off going on you know hey you know everybody loves to get their fingers in the pie when there's money involved but in my life because i haven't been involved in a lot of big money industry business products i've mostly been involved in like you know uh, jazz players and funk players and you know, uh, some national touring acts. Been around the world several times with Rand, with Joe Sample and Randy Crawford. You know, so you know I got to see all of that too. But you know, most of my life growing up around here, you know, it's 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 pretty much on. Uh, you know, it's not on. It's not on. It's not on a showbiz scale. It's more like on uh, life as a musician scale. You know. It's more down down home, you know. So yeah. the biggest things I've seen is uh, 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 is, is uh, you know the the speed and uh, 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 you know intelligent path and uh, the direction that that young people take to learn to learn music that's one of the biggest things i've seen you know they have so much available yeah tons available it's actually a topic that comes up on almost every interview Mm -hmm. i've done so far doesn't matter if i'm talking to drummers or guitarists or producers just the influx of content and education out there is Uh crazy in comparison to even as short as maybe oh, 15 yeah. 20 years yeah, ago how yeah. much it's changed you yeah. um but now you you you're quite um renowned and known as as a as a teacher you teach both privately i think still right uh-huh. um and you you've taught at a couple of universities and stuff and and obviously you've got a few um sort of household name drummers that cite you as influencers and have have had lessons with you, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. What about, let's talk about changes you've seen in teaching. I mean, again, so now we've got this, this time in the world where so much stuff is out there. Obviously, it's hard to sift through if you don't know what you're looking for. But what what sort of advances or or disadvantages have you seen as a, instructor now that we have all this information available uh-huh. as a teacher uh, 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 well I, 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 uh, the, the, the big change of course is the uh, uh, immediate speedy access that all, all uh, not only students but teachers alike have access to this speedy bunch of information you know and so that can that can work you know uh, and, 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 and that can work in a good and a bad way, you know. Uh, 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 so I nothing surprised me in teaching. Uh, uh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. What's funny about it is, you know, uh, I see that I see again that there's two kind of teachers, you know, uh, 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 or at least mostly two kinds. There's the there's the kind that you know will have a program, you know. Uh, so okay, if you go through these 
the, these books and these exercises, and if you get to this material here, and if you know you get to this material here, then you know you you have this is what everybody does, you know, and 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 I understand that. And then you have the other kind of teacher who looks at every student and says, you know, how do I teach this kid? You know, uh, it, it should I go a little bit to the left? Because he's more of a creative style, uh, 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 you know, he's the kind of guy who who, who rather play some and you know, and then sitting and 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 he can repeat it, spit it right back out you. Or, or another guy, you might write it down on a piece of paper, and he might just glance at it, man, and play it perfectly because he's a he's a right brain thinker. You know, the right, you know, the, uh, I, don't, I, don't yeah. know if, I don't know if I got my sides of the brain right, but you know what I mean. The guy, you know, the more academic or, or one who can see it very clearly on paper, and whereas the other guy who can do it better by hearing it and by, by if he looks at it on paper, that could intimidate him or confuse him or he's going to have a take a little bit longer than the other guy whereas the, the other guy is going to take a little bit longer if you just play it to him and say play this pick it up that that up that you know he might, might not get it right the first two or three times but if you throw, throw it down on a piece of paper he got it totally right whereas you know anyway you know what i'm saying so they have that kind of teacher who figures out the, not only that deciding factor you know what what you know try to analyze your student I don't try to do that right off the bat, whether he's right or left. I'll, I'll let that try to come uh, seep out of him, you know, and, and let him tell me through his, uh, through our time together, you know, through through the silent messages that whether or not, you know, he's a he's a lefty or a righty, you know what I'm saying? Uh, where, 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 so, okay, so you have that kind of teacher who focuses on the individual student figures out to, how to teach him you know what i'm saying and you have the other teacher who has okay here's book number one and we're going to do these 11 exercises here, and you're going to move on to everybody you too you joey and sam and and benny and and mary all of y'all gonna you know this is what you got to do you know, because this, this program's a proven program, and it works. And if I, all the drummers do it, and, and 90% of the drummers I know have done it. So, you know, you you got you got to do it. You know, so, okay, that's what, I, that's what the way I, you know, I, you know, I kind of felt about teaching uh, after I was teaching for about uh, maybe uh, uh, 15, 20 years, you know, of teaching, I figured out, man, you really got to dwell, dwell on an in, in individual student and bring it out. Let him bring it out of himself. You know, you can't force it out of him, but it help. You can help him. But anyway, getting back to your question, what are some of the big differences of that I've seen in teaching over the years? I've only seen that the technology can be good or bad. So here we go. What are, what are the main differences? The main differences is the teacher can either be lazy and just get the information because there's so many methods, to, you know, on your Google, on your blah, 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 whatever, you know, so much, you know, so many more people are writing drum books, you know, and music books and, you know, all that. So the mute that you can do that and just throw it at the students and say, hey, motherfucker, learn this shit, learn this shit, you know, and you're going to be good. It's proven. 
Or, you know, you can sort of like say, okay, yeah, you should learn, you should, you know, Google that on your own, you know, because it's out there. I'm not just going to print it out for you and you do it. You know, Google that on your own and, and do this. But, you know, the teacher himself nowadays, I think, here's the difference. I think nowadays the teacher has a bigger responsibility. I think that he has to not, in addition to knowing all the standard ways to teach, and you know, you got to know, you know, your 16 notes and you got to know your scales. You know, you, you know, you might, you might try out, you know, look at the individual students if you're teaching them on an individual basis and, and say, let's go on the inside of you and find out what's on in you that makes you you. Because what's happening is there's so much information, people aren't going on the inside to, to stimulate their creativity. Because the cr creativity of so many of our, of, 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 of our gods and, and, and idols and, 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 and great musicians is right there at your fingertips. You can just simply use that in your playing, right? Learn that, string it together, create your solos made up on them. Or you can figure out a method to go on the inside of you and be in and be a, uh, see who you are and what you have to express about you. So I think a teacher's obligation is to teach a student or uh, get a student to teach himself, to help him learn how to teach himself. I think that's a thing teachers need to start putting into their program. Teaching, teaching, teaching the student how to teach himself, and that and that means going on the inside and finding out what you got to express. You know that makes you you you, and not what's already on Google or on YouTube or what's been transcribed and handed to you in a book. We never had no real books when we were coming up. It was a real book. Let's talk about that for a second. So when you were coming up. You know, again, obviously a, a different time uh, with far less access to information uh, in terms of like saying just pulling up a, a YouTube video. So what was your teacher's approach? And also, if I can kind of double barrel the question, what was your parents' attitude towards you sort of gravitating towards becoming a drummer? Was it positive because obviously New Orleans is known for drummers um, or was it kind of was there were there doubts because of the career path a musician may take? Well, I'll answer the, the second question first. As far as career path and uh, 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 doubts or, or no doubts, that 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 really never that question didn't kind of a really arise into my head until I was probably forty something years old and. You know, realizing that here I was a musician uh, with with a wife and a family, and you know, it, what am I gonna do? Is oh, I guess this is my career. You know, it looked like my career picked me. You know, I, I you know, now going back to as a kid, you know, I just my my what what made me want to play the drums was you know liking them. Uh, having fun and uh never really you know i was having fun so i, re I really never had 
uh, any, uh, you know, I, I have existential uh, questions to ask myself, you know, about music. I, 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 I was more lost in the music and, and, and taken up by the music than I was by questioning what am I doing. And where am I going? It just was, I, the music was way too more overpowerful in my, in my life and in, in, in my mind and brain that the, those existential questions didn't pop up to way, way later in my, in my, in my life. And I had already had my feet firmly planted in this cheeseburger of life of music. I love that cheeseburger of life. That is amazing. <laughs> um, so, Johnny, um, without trying to get too personal, and again, just because the whole idea with this podcast is to talk about some of the, the hardships and some of the real life stuff versus just, you know, gear and music theory, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So let's let's talk a little bit about, and I'm gonna kind of go off of your previous answer. Once you got to that point where you had a family, and you realized that okay, well, this is my career now. What was the hardest sort of reality check that you had to make at that point? I mean, music, as you know, having been a musician for as long as you have, it's not the most secure career. Um, people who love it still seem to choose it. I'm a big believer or, or was at least when I was younger that I wasn't going to personally have a, a backup plan. So I too have done this ever since I can remember uh, without a backup plan. Um, and sometimes as I, as the years go by and as I'm getting older, I, I sometimes wonder if I should have had some kind of backup plan. Um, that being said, I don't regret anything and I'm sure you don't either. But what have been some of the the hardships you've had to learn once you were on that path, what was the hardest part, especially, you know, once the family came into the picture and you knew, oh, you, knew you had to provide? The hardest part was kicking myself in the ass repeatedly, repeatedly, repeatedly for not having a backup plan. Uh, you know, uh, uh, here I was, you know, you can't change horses and way I was way, you know, can't you know you can't change horses in, in in the middle of the race you know and i was past the middle so there was no changing horses you know I, you know this is this is what i do i play music you know that's it and uh i have no backup plan and i had this family so i what what i would do okay at that point you know i guess i try to talk myself uh you know to get down off the rooftop you know uh uh, uh, and, and, uh, uh, just like, you know, put my head to the grindstone play, you know, I, uh, you know, I'm a firm believer, uh, especially in the old days, uh, uh, just take every gig that the phone rings, take the gig. Well, don't think about whether you like it, dislike it, whether you like the person or dislike the person, whether the money is good or bad if the money's decent and you can come home with two bags of groceries and a box of diapers you know then get then 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 go take the fucking gig shut up you look at your watch you'll be out of there in a second even though you hate every moment of this particular gig or go going in the back door of this hotel because they don't want you to go in the front door and go you know and and uh you know you know and 
blah blah blah. It could be anything. Well, it could be a beautiful gig, but you know, but a lot of time, you know, you know that the heart, the the, the the shocking thing was, what did I do? I didn't have a backup plan. Should I have had a backup plan? Absolutely, I should have. Do I tell every per, every young student that I meet, man? You know, let me tell you something, bro. You know, be nice to have a backup plan. You know, if if you don't have one, then you better get. Don't you know? Don't be telling me you like this kind of music and you like that kind of music and you don't want to. Because guess what? You're gonna have to like every kind of music. Because you're gonna have to. You're gonna have to get everybody to like you, to hire you, and like the way you play it with a good attitude. And then you can get through life without without a backup plan unless you unless you hit it with the one percent of of the guys who get picked up by uh you know uh a industry music racket band you know and you can make big money and all of that and buy and buy a big house and you know and be a pop star or rock star or whatever and uh you know that might work out too you might get picked up for that shit and which i which which i firmly advise grab it motherfucker and grab the money and you can always you know go back to this if you can avoid the temptation of all of the money you know but you know <laughs> you know i mean you know <clears throat> you know uh you know I am am I happy? I'm uh, I, I I'm happy. I'm sad. I'm happy. You know, I have both. Can't stay happy all the time. You know, you, know, you got to have your sad moments to have your happy moments. You know, like I, I was. I was always told you got to have your lows to have your highs. You know what I mean? So I mean, that's just the way it works. Plus minus plus minus plus minus downbeat upbeat downbeat upbeat downbeat upbeat. Yeah, no, just human nature, you know, just just the way it goes. You've you've got to have those downs. You're hundred percent correct. Mathematics, yeah. So let's um let's kind of shoot a little bit uh, to the gigging scene. Um, yep. You again, you know, you're Johnny Vodokovic. So when I first arrived in this town, I heard your name a thousand times, and and for good reason, because uh, when I finally did get to see you, you were playing with. Um, John Cleary's Monster Gentleman, and I was blown away. Absolutely incredible. I, I, I love everything about your playing, sir. Cannot praise you enough. But, <clears throat> excuse me, um, let's talk about what if you're a, let's, let's take my situation, and, and this is not actually for me. I'm, 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 I'm gratefully busy enough. But if you're a new person in going into a city, let's say you've moved to one of the musical cities, Austin, LA, Nashville, Miami, um, or even here where you can still work as a musician, and you want to go out and try and get yourself some gigs, what advice could you give up-and-coming players on how to do that? Or what would your approach be if you were going to do it now knowing what you know? Well, I, I'd call, I'd call the people, you know, you know, call the people, the people in Nashville that I'm in, I mean, in Austin that I, that, that I know and say, Hey man, you know, uh, some of them are drummers, some of them are, are not, you know, and, and, uh, you know, maybe there's only a handful of 
people that I know in Austin well enough to call, but I would even I know a girl and an old lady and she worked in like a, a Mexican uh, uh, mariachi type band, you know, but she knows lots of musicians and she's always been very nice to me and I knew her ex-husband and stuff like that. We used to work together and, uh, you know, I would, I would tell all those people I'm moving there, you know, yeah, put the word out, put the word out, you know, you get there, put the word out, you know, try to pick up students immediately, you know, because you, at, <laughs> students has always been my ace in the hole for, uh, you know, getting grocery money together, you know, you know, you know, shit like that, you know, because gigs take a while sometimes. Austin has got a lot of musicians, so, you know, it would, you know, and I know the gigs don't pay much. I already know what they pay there. They, you know, they don't pay any more than they pay in New Orleans, you know, and, uh, and there's less gigs, you know, so it wouldn't be easy. So, you know, what would I tell guys, man, just, you know, you, you know, make get out there call them once you call one or two musicians then 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 you're gonna call one or two more then there are jam sessions or or or, 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 or there's jam sessions there you know and uh uh, uh you know find out where those are and you go there and, and, and you know i mean the way i used to do it was you man you just you go out to clubs is the way I used to do it. But I mean, New Orleans is a little bit more, it has a little bit more of a design where you can do that. But there's a street, there's a place, there's a district in Austin where they got stripper clubs and, and, uh, you know, all of that. And I, I know drummers that work in and out of there and the bread ain't good. But then again, I never worked in any, any strip clubs where the bread was good, except one, you know, and uh, it was with a bunch of guys that were 20 years older than me, and I was just substituting, you know. Anyway, uh, you know, I mean, you, you know, there's a place, I mean, you got, like I said, you better start learning how to like all, love all kind of music. And that's the only way you're going to do it. If you think you're going to go in there and be a bebop star, uh-uh, it ain't going to work. Unless you got a plan that I don't know about. And unless you got a pocket full of money. Yeah, because again, you know, uh, it does take money to make money. And, and especially the way things have gone. Not that not that this was ever any different, but marketing and PR costs, costs a dime, you know. So if you're doing this in a DIY fashion, you need to have that money to, to do that stuff. And, and it's become so important to do that mm-hmm. it's, it's a necessity, you know. It is money to put a deposit on an apartment. Well, I would, well, what I would, I wouldn't even bother with that. I'd be hoping I had a friend there that way. Cause hey, can I be get on? Can I be getting on your couch for a little while till I can get, till I can get an apartment? You know what I'm saying? But yeah. Yeah, yeah, but, you know, I think it's more or less, uh, you know, I I think more or less it's a matter of economics, physics, uh, because networking, I don't think, has gotten, of course, it's, it's, you know, it's a lot easier now, too, with the Facebook thing and the the networking thing, and, you know, know, I'm sure there's, uh, you know, musicians in Austin, uh, 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 you know, place to hook up on, 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 on a computer, you know, uh, you know, um, 
because if it, if, you know, in every drum shop, there would be, you know, your bulletin board where you stick your name and your number on it and say, hey, I'm new in town. I'm from New Orleans. I'm John Zagovich. And man, here's my number. Uh, hit me up mm, for gigs or, or, or lessons. Boom. Go in every music store in Austin, that would be on a bulletin board. Or go in every college and university and high school, that would be on a bulletin board. You know, but, you know, nowadays the, the, the bulletin board is a lot more effectual because the bulletin board is, is basically in everybody's hand. Click it on, motherfucker, you know, and know how to work that market, man. Know how to work that digital market so you can, you know, it seems to be that's how people are speaking the most, you know, with the, with with the, with the robot that's been assigned to them. Speaking to that, and you know, that's pretty much the new blackboard. It's right here in our hands. Yeah, it's true. That's so it seems yeah. you you've um you've led your own bands, um, Astral Project, and and things like that, and you've also been a sideman. Um, Again, as I mentioned previously, I saw you with um, John Cleary, but I know you've done some work. Um, I'm not quite sure if it was purely on a recording basis or a live basis with like guys like John Schofield and Professor Longhair and stuff like that. What um, what advice could you give to people? Let's let's kind of say they've gotten a gig as a sideman, right? They they playing with someone who's established and they they getting all their gigs through this guy. What tips or advice could you share on once you have that gig, keeping that gig? Well, uh, two uh, two things. You know, uh, one is uh, figuring out not only by by uh, uh, verbal communication. Uh, but by uh, 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 body language and uh, you know things like that, uh, what the, what the leader of uh, that who you're working for, who's signing your check, who's you know, who, the guy who's doing that, you know the leader of the band, you know the the the, the one who's in artistic control, you know and. Uh, figure out from him what he wants from you, what he expects from you, uh, learning to read the body language by the different things that you do that either make him comfortable or if they seem to make him slightly uncomfortable or distract him from whatever it is that, you know, he expects you to do for him as a leader, if it's that kind of a situation, uh, then you have you have to be able to read his body language to see, see that what you're doing and playing uh, is the right thing. Okay, then 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 you know you know about you ha- you ha- you have to make sure that you're uh, uh, you know between that that detection between learning how to detect, you know, that, you know, how to fit in or what the leader wants, what he expects of you to do and what he expects of you not to do. That's very important. Learn to pick out what you're not expected to do because you might do one or two things and then you got to 
be hip right away, figure out right away what what you just did was not the right thing to do. Okay, then then you then you just figure out how to really be in 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 in, 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 in simpatico and in, in harmony with with with, with the uh, band members. Because there's there's going to be pluses and minuses in that in, in 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 the rest of the band, and you might not agree with this guy. You know, this guy might pull you a little bit more musically speaking and rhythmically speaking in one direction. One guy you might feel better with playing. One guy you might have to adjust this way. You have to learn learn all of that too, from especially from a drummer standpoint of view. You have to learn what you play and don't play makes another a player in the band feel uncomfortable, especially the key players like the bass player, you know, and, um, depending on the band, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically reading different personalities. You have to read, you know, my job as an company is a drummer, man. man, If I see somebody uncomfortable, I got to adjust what I'm doing because my job is to make this motherfucker shine, make him comfortable. My job is to polish him. I like that as well, you know, and and the fact That's, that that as a as a drummer, I mean, again, you've been doing it a very long time, but that is traditionally the drummer's role: hold it down, be the bones, drive the project along, keep everybody happy, kind of thing. New Orleans is such an interesting town in regards to. There's so many different guys who will play on one gig. So you can go watch a band and then tonight it's one lineup and you go watch the same band tomorrow and it's a complete different lineup and you watch the same band uh, on Sunday and it's a complete different lineup. And it's interesting because like obviously the players are superb, but sometimes, um, sometimes it's interesting to watch that body language because the stuff you're talking about, I always feel is very important. But sometimes I'll see groups and it's almost like they don't even talk to each other. They're just there to play. They don't, they don't know anything about each other. They don't pay attention to each other's mannerisms on stage. They're just mm-hmm. there and they leave. And, you know, they get the job done. I'm not trying to say they don't. They, they totally mm-hmm. do, totally do. Mm-hmm. But it's like... That chemistry and trying to know how to, that chemistry works, that's a real skill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And after a long, long, long time, after, you know, years and years and years and years of playing with some of the same people, and I just learned this too. And I'm still learning shit at 73 years old, God damn it. But anyway, I, I you know, I mean, from playing with people and I say body language, you know, I just said that word, you know, but, uh, in, in addition, there's a parallel word that goes with that and it's phrasing. And, uh, I, I, I've learned to, you know, I can look at a guy and man, just breathe with him and play with his solos, you know, and really kick him around. If he, if he's the kind of player that wants to be kicked during the solo off, he's the or rather if he's the one kind of player that wants to be cradled during the solo, <clears throat> but I, you know, I can read that body language and now I've realized, you know, especially last night, I realized that I can read a body, a guy's body language and not be looking at him and have my eyes closed and I can be reading his body language. I figured it out last night. I figured it out last night. Yeah. With two guys that I don't play with often. One guy I just played with about this, about the fourth time I might've played with him. 
and another uh, a bass player I played with about four times over the last four decades. Well, a little more, a little more maybe. Yeah. But anyway, I I know, I know, and 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 I was I I found myself doing and breathing and with this tenor player. And I wasn't looking at him. I had my head down. <laughs> I said, look at that shit. It's fucking crazy, man. I was crazy, man. That's so cool, man. And and I gotta I gotta give you props because I can hear the enthusiasm in your voice. And to know that you've been doing this for so long and you can still get that you can hear the love that you oh, have for man. it. You know, it's just like yeah. that's so cool, man. It's so, mm-hmm. so damn cool. I wish I wish people could kind of put that in a bottle and and just share it because it's you know even with all the hardships that come with being a a, a self-employed musician working musician it it still is a blessing i mean the fact that you can get that kind of feeling at 73 not not i'm not meaning that in an insulting way but like most people will get into the the routine of a job and unfortunately work that job for a few years and be so just done with it. Groundhog Day, in and out, no excitement, no anything, you know. And, and again, I'm stereotyping, but like the fact that like this kind of job can still embrace those kind of emotions, that's that's a gift, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously at, at this point you've done so much, you've played with a bunch of people, you've, you've got books out there, you've got DVDs out there, there's, there's like, there's so much content with Johnny Vodokovic present in. Were there any things that you would have liked to have done career-wise that maybe you didn't get the chance to do? Well, I mean, I always say, you know that man you know every now and then i'll not on all every now and then i'll say you know and this goes back to the 70s the early 70s you know i mean i always say man if i would have moved to new york moved to boston when i when all my buddies did back in back in 72 you know i should have moved to boston back in 73 when all my buddies moved there but i didn't you know, I said, Johnny, come on up to Boston, man. And, and you know, and then, then they all moved from Boston to New York. I said, Johnny, come over, come up to New York, man. Come on, move up here. And and I would always say, look, man, I, you know, I got a bunch of gigs down here. You know, I kind of dig it down here. I'm having a good time. I'm making good money, you know, I'm making decent money for, for you know, for 20, 20 something year old guy, you know, kid. Yeah. And uh, I said, nah, I'm gonna stick around here for, I'll catch, I'll, I'll move up there later, you know? And, and so I never did move up to New York or Boston. You know, I just went up there and visited all the time, you know, and I went up then, then before you knew it, I was up there playing gigs all the time, seeing my buddy sleeping on their sofas, you know, and, you know, and, and then it went up there, started going up there a lot. Then I even tried to, Oh, uh, Compton, when I was on the road with Schofield once, uh, I, you know, sent my wife up to New York, gave her a bunch of money, but by that time we already had a 10 year old kid and, uh, you know, my daughter and, uh, I said, let's move to Manhattan. And, you know, I gave her thousands of dollars and I said, I'm on the road with Schofield. So I'm doing one night. Here's some money. You just go look for an apartment. Well, she went through that money in no time in, and that was only to to look at apartments. It cost the money. 
Hmm. You know, it was costing, you know, $900 to get the key to look at the apartment. Wow. You know, and, and it'd be an apartment, you know, that, you know, I got two rooms and, 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 the, and the bathrooms down the hall. Here's another key because four other apartments share the same bathroom, shit like that, you know. And and at that time, you know, it's a lot different than moving up to New York if you're a single man, 23, boy, 23 years old, not, 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 not 32, you know, not, 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 not. 38, 39, 40 years old with a wife and a kid. That that is not the right time to move to New York. So, yeah, if I didn't had moved to New York when I was young, it didn't make any sense to move there when you're older and you have kids. That's way too expensive. And when you're young, you can sleep on people's sofa and move around and get a cheap place with four other dudes, you know. But I didn't do that, so I stayed in New Orleans. So that was one of the things that I always said I regret. But now I don't regret it because, uh, I, you know, New York is pretty hard, and, and, and I can't, I'm kind of lazy, and I like it here. You know, I mean, I, I, I've made a comfortable place here in New Orleans. I'm not rich, don't have a big savings account, hardly anything. I don't have uh, stocks and bonds. I don't have uh, my house is not paid for. Uh, but uh, we got some groceries and I uh, got some gigs and uh, we're going to maybe get the uh, the air conditioner and the heater, you know, stuff working and uh, been saving a couple of bucks out of, you know, every gig to you know we're gonna survive bro yeah That's yeah all. and and, That's- and again you know i suppose you could look at it as you know life took you where it needed you to go at that time and <laughs> sure you never went to new york but any any musician who comes to the city and just does a little bit of research or asks around i'm telling you you will hear about you at least within a couple of days. I mean, I got to town two years ago, and I'm not lying to you. I, I hit the ground running very, very hard, very quick. Unfortunately, COVID hit, but I started hearing your name easily within a week, and I was Wonderful. like, "Wow, I, I got to check. I got to check out this dude." I was, I was like, you know, I, I didn't at that time realize that there were all these other places outside of Frenchman and Bourbon, obviously, which they are, mm-hmm. um, but, but. You know, when I saw you, I was like, well, this makes sense. Makes total sense. You're the guy, mm-hmm. you know. So you did something right, man, and that is awesome. All right, cool. uh, Johnny, I've got a couple more things for you, and then I'm going to let you go. Um, okay. This, one, this one's a bit of a, a fully loaded question. Um, I ask everybody. It's not the nicest question to answer. I, I'm totally aware of that. But what do you think the best piece of advice that you've ever been given towards your musical career has been? The best piece of advice I've been given. Yeah. Mm. Or if you wanna if you wanna change it up a little bit, I mean again you've been doing this a long time. So what do you think the best piece of advice you've learnt along the way has been? We could we could do it like that. Uh listen more than talk. You know. Hmm. Yeah, just listen more than talk. 
and uh, yeah, and if something feels bad, go with your gut feeling. And the best piece of advice I've been given it that it's it's not really it, it, it's a music business, but for a lot of musicians, for the the more percent, not the one percent, but for the more percent, the music business is really a music racket. And be careful, be careful what you sign or don't sign when it comes to business. When it comes to the love of music, the best advice I've been given is play the song. Be totally empathetic to the musicians you're playing with at the moment, whether you like it or don't. Whether you like them or dislike them or the music or anything, there's not anything to factor in. Be totally true to the moment that you're playing the song you're in. Play the song. Don't don't try to don't try to force what you want to play over the music. Play the music. Be empathetic to the music. Give yourself to the song. Let the song go through you and play the song. It's not about what you want to play and how good you want to look, but the best advice I've been given is play the song, be true to the song, sacrifice, give yourself to the song. The moment, the moment, the people that you're in. The other shit is, uh, yeah, the shit below that is music racket business, but the the best advice I've been given is play the song, be true to the song with your heart. Very nice. Okay, what is the best way for people to get hold of you if they want to sort of contact you for lessons or, or potentially contact you for a gig? <clears throat> My wife, because she's so organized in her, in, in uh, you know, they should, uh, they should get in touch with Deborah Vodakovich. And uh, should I give you the email? Yeah, sure. You can you okay. can spit the email. It's uh, uh, jvodakovich at cox.net. Cool. Cool. Yeah. And what I'll do is I'll put that on the show notes as well so that when this eventually goes live, it'll be on the description and people can kind of find you from there. I'll also link your um, your Facebook page and all the other relevant things. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Deborah Vodakovich. Deborah is my wife's name. So, you know, if you want to talk to her about some, something very specific, she's cool with that. She's good with the calendar. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Johnny, thank you so much for your time, man. Um, I'm sure the listeners are going to get a lot from this. And I know I sure did. I, I'm so grateful and value the, um, the just the wisdom and the time you gave me. Thank you so much, sir. Love it. Peace out. Peace out. All righty. There we go. Another episode done. And it also is occurring to me that I need some new catchphrases. I obviously say the same things each time. I'll work on that. I would like to publicly thank Johnny for his time. Um, I know I say it quite often, but man, getting to talk to some of these dudes, it's like winning the lottery. Um, Check out Johnny in the show notes. Check out the Musicians Mentor website at musicians-mentor.com. If you'd like a little bit more information about myself, you can head to travismark.com. But, you know, keep pushing. Work hard. Push, push, push. That's what this takes. 
and uh, remember to have some fun along the way. Peace.